before we get to today's show, I'd first like to thank our patrons for this episode. Tristan Wilkinson, Rory Greer, Daniel Allen Kleppen, Varun Joshi, Teenage Mutant Mitch McConnell, Sam Hartmans, Slurm King, Alec Bartman, Spino, Cody Swimmer, and Isaac Liebler. If you'd like to support support this podcast, then please go to patreon.com slash Emilycast. Now let's get to the episode. Welcome back. We are here not with uh, our Conquest draft. That will be coming soon, but we've all just had a lot of IRL stuff, and it's been, at the time of recording this, it's been what? I think about coming on seven months, right? Since Engage just came about. out? Yeah. Just about seven months. So over. Up, it'll, we'll probably have cleared seven months. Yeah, probably. So it's been over uh, half a year. All of the DLC came out, like, within. I mean, what, like two months or something yeah, like that of the game getting released? Until they were Remember when people coped by saying it was coming out so fast because they were going to announce the genealogy remake? Yeah. Yeah, uh, that was like... always... And by people, I mean me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That always seemed crazy to me because it, it, if I know Nintendo, it's, they don't really like to cannibalize sales like that. And I think Engage has been a hit, but it's been kind of a, a more mild hit compared to Three Houses, so they probably wanted... You know, little Timmy to ask for Fire Emblem Engage for Christmas, not Genealogy Redux. But uh, yeah, we're we're gonna talk about Engage. This will probably be a shorter episode, but we no, all of us but Husser have finished it, right? Yes, I have. Uh, I'm like halfway through chapter twenty. Is it twenty two or twenty one? The one where you're. Uh, well, I guess. Before... Yeah, I guess should should preface. Uh, we will. Yeah, so this is gonna spoilers. be a spoiler episode. Full so, spoilers, right? Full yeah. Full spoilers. Uh, with what, with Engage's story being game. what it is, um, I think, I mean, are, it's up to you whether points. you care or not, but my guess is that you don't care if you're, like, a, a baseline <laughs> level person. Just that's my suspicion. I'm going to be honest, you probably shouldn't care. <laughs> like, yeah. this and might that, be more enjoyable. That's my advice. There's no need <laughs> to care. But you can care. <laughs> but You could. You, you could, could care. But you're not. You could care. You're not missing much if you don't. That is also true. Yeah. In fact, but... you're probably benefiting from it. <laughs> you probably you are, think but about so it, the better. Some would say. Yeah. So you're halfway through 22. You said I think the game goes up to what 26, 26 I believe. So yeah, yeah 26. yeah, 26. So you're basically at the the home stretch. I got there. all the big plot um, twists, and I, I looked up how the rest of the story goes because you know I wanted okay. to be informed, and obviously no surprises. Yeah, and I I. Told, I, I t- when I when the Husker was asking like how far should I go, I was like, yeah, go up to like twenty two. That's like the last big important stuff. Cause the rest of what the rest of the story is all nonsense. That's when So uh, this is where we get into spoilers, but that's where all the veil stuff happens and it is okay. where you get all of the emblem rings and then get them back and then Alir gets killed and then comes back to life and then gets killed. Oh, it's and all that stuff. Life. Yeah. And it's all that stuff. Then he yeah. says it's engaging time and then engages right. on everyone and becomes the fire emblem. He's in and Mark says you are the fire emblem. Yeah, Mark, yeah. And I'm like, yo, that's the name of the game! Dude, oh, shit! Title drop. <laughs> Metroid can crawl. Uh, <laughs> but, 
Um, isn't that too when it's he's like I'm an emblem now, and he's like a weird little ghosty guy, and then immediately in the next cutscene he's just back to a human, and it makes absolutely no sense what it means about him being an emblem. I was like, it was such a load combat they... wise. They could have just completely removed him as a unit and made him an emblem. That would have been fine. <laughs> that would have been base. That would have been yeah. so sick. They should have. Like, but he's good with the Byleth ring. Yeah, who cares? It would have been way cooler if you're protecting. This is a game with Sigurd in it. They've heard of removing units from the game and not letting you use them anymore. Yeah, this is true. They also why don't we start in this game? Why don't we start though before we we get deep into conversation? Seven months out, um, where everyone has essentially beaten the game. What are your guys' thoughts on Engage now? Uh, I'll, uh, I, I could. Yeah, you want no, me to start? I've the most. I've, I've I'm sure you've played the most. But the most. I'm also pretty sure I've got the most positive opinion here. And uh, for me personally, uh, at the start, when we first did our first look seven months ago, like mm -hmm. two weeks after, uh, I said that it was a great game and one of the best up there in terms of gameplay. And seven months out, I think I, I still stand by that. In terms of gameplay, it is. For a lack of better better word, it is engaging gameplay. <laughs> <laughs> like, just on the just on the micro level of turn by turn, and on the macro level of uh, what to, assigning emblems and classes. I, I feel like yeah. it's. I would also think thinking about. I think it's also like an inverse of three houses. Oh, that, totally. I, I in, yeah. In that yeah. three house, yeah. three houses it, it is like exactly where three houses failed, and vice versa. Yeah, yes. three houses it's is so interesting. Yeah, three houses is like an amazing game on the first playthrough, and then you start seeing all the niggles on repeated playthroughs, and it starts dragging more. But engage, it's like the reverse. You start out the first playthrough is aside from towards the end, it's not not very not very good or fun. But on the repeated playthroughs, once you learn the mechanics more, then it's like, oh, you can do some really crazy stuff here. Yeah. And that that just is very enjoyable to me. But what about you yeah. guys? Uh, I, I can go just because, uh, honestly, Sheffin, I like totally and completely echo your opinions on this game. I don't know where the rest of you guys stand, to, to be honest, but... Um, Listen, the this story is a mess and it's nonsense, but as as much as I'd love a, a Fire Emblem game with incredible storytelling for, on both a plot and character standpoint, I fell in love with this series because I, I like the gameplay and I like the tactics and building units and all that stuff. And this is arguably, funnily enough, in my opinion, along with Conquest, which it shares a lot of issues with, uh, some of the best strategic gameplay in the series. I, I really, really like this game. This is probably, as a video game, my favorite Fire Emblem game since Conquest or, or Echoes. I, I still really like Engage. It's not for everyone. You know, if, if you sort of got into the series with three houses, I can understand why this game would completely have blindsided you. Like, what the fuck? They took everything I loved out of this game. But if you're someone who got in with even Awakening or, or you know, FE7 like that or something like that on the GBA, the Tellius games, I think this game is made for you and you'll get something out of it. I, I probably said this on the last podcast. If we didn't have this podcast that we do, I probably, after I got a few chapters in, would have just started hitting the plus button and skipping all of the cutscenes. And I'm 
maybe recommend doing that because I think the game is genuinely a better experience when I would you're just playing it. Absolutely recommend doing that. Yeah, when you're just playing it like your little chess game with sword guys and magic girls, <laughs> it's kind of a better experience. But yeah, no, I I really enjoy the game. I really like it. I even liked it so much that I got to go back to it. But I started doing a maddening playthrough. I got to chapter like I don't know seven or eight or something. I kind of stopped playing it, but. I'll pick it back up at some point. Nice. All right. Uh, um, so I throw some cold water on that. Sure. Sure. Douse <laughs> sure. the fire, Husser. Yeah. So first of all, I don't really disagree on the gameplay front uh, with a caveat. So when you're playing a map or like planning around playing a map, it's very fun. You get all these amazing tools. You can one round so many, uh, one turn so many maps but you have to think about how to do it. It's not a trivial thing, like just, oh, warp boss, kill your two boss, kill boss. Like, that that's not exciting strategic gameplay. With three houses, you've got to be, like, figuring out how to use your, like, four dancers per turn and all the crazy shit and, like, planning ahead. That's all fun. I like it. However, in terms of time playing the game, that is not all of the gameplay. Even if you skip every single cutscene, you've still got to deal with the awful, slow-ass Somniel UX. You've got to deal yeah. with all the loading screens. You've got to sit through a lot of shit, which is not true in, say, Conquest. And I think that's an interesting point of comparison. Because when I'm playing a map, I prefer Engage to Conquest. I love all the busted tools you get, and I love that there's still you still have to think even with all those busted tools. That's really cool. Uh, not a lot of games really do that, especially Fire Emblem games. It's usually either hard because you don't have much, or it's very easy because you have a lot. Um, relative to, you know, weak enemies. But there's a lot of other shit. And then you add to the fact that, you know, it is kind of hard and you want to be motivated to get through. And, you know, the story obviously sucks. If I didn't do a podcast, I would just skip it and be happier, probably. But because I did do a podcast, I didn't skip it and I had to endure it. And that was a huge, huge drag on the experience. It was occasionally funny in a, like, the room kind of way, like, especially the big emotional moments that just don't land at all. Uh, or, like, when my fucking Switch went to sleep when Sombron was, you know, summoning the, the evil continent back again. It had been mentioned <laughs> one chapter ago as his goal, and we didn't yeah. know until now. Yeah. And then it turns out it's not his goal, and it's just the fucking... He's he just wants a friend. The other worlds, and then he just wants a friend. It's so, like... We're laughing at this because some of it is funny, but overwhelmingly, most of the story is incredibly dull. That is most of the time that you're spending. When they go for these big emotional moments and fail, that is funny, sure, and you can get enjoyment out of that. But when you're fighting the Four Hounds for like the fifth, sixth chapter in a row, and they're just being like, blah, I'm the Four Hounds, and also Vale is here, and she's being mind-controlled, and Alir's sister... But those are supposed to be plot twists, but we're going to keep talking about them so much that even if you're paying no attention to this game at all, you've guessed them like six chapters ago. It's just, it's it's a lot. It's kind of dull. Um, so with that said, you know, not my bottom one game of the series or whatever, you know. Guiding, I, I know that Fire Emblem has never had amazing stories in my heart. Even though I like a lot of them, they've got their problems. Uh, Engage is not a story with problems. It's not even like a kind of basic competence story the way some people say it is. 
or a basic competence story with a couple mistakes, like say Awakening, I would probably put in that category. It is a burning, boring trash fire from start to finish. Most of the supports are the same from what I saw. Like just every written word is so tedious. And then yeah. everything between the maps is also so tedious. Like I, I want someone to to hack the game to just turn the Somniel into a menu and auto skip all the cutscenes. And then I would love it. And even with that said, like I would like to play it more. I would like to go back because I didn't know what the fuck I was doing and like playing around the skills. You know, I'm sure I'll go back to it. I skipped all the paralogues to try to rush to the end, and those were like the most fun part when I was doing them with all the, you know, fan service stuff. It's not a total miss, but it's it's a miss for me overall, like in net effect. Not a fan. How do you like it compared to Three Houses, though? Three Houses, I really like that first playthrough is just so good, and then you can just yep. not play it again, which is what I did. <laughs> like, I got, I got like, I think to the war arc of my second route, and I was like, nah, this isn't that fun. Uh, I'll play it again for Emblem Guest. And and yeah. so I just have that magical Three Houses experience living in my mind forever. Whereas Engage, I'm going to forget about like the second this podcast is over until it's time to play it again for the <laughs> retrospective. Fair enough. It's that <laughs> gameplay, though. <laughs> yeah. All right, what about what about you, Keegan? Uh, do, you, do you got more more water to pour, or are you gonna you no, got a fire? No, no I, I think I think that's probably the worst opinion you'll hear on here because I think I'm a little bit closer in line with uh, with you and Devin on this one. I I really I mean, especially because of us playing Conquest right now, it, it feels like such a perfect game to compare these two because they suffer from a lot of very similar issues. I mean, like at at its core, yeah. like engage and conquest both have like excellent gameplay like best in the series like not even really contentious on that but they have some some fucking dog shit stories just they're just <laughs> rough to sit through but i think for me i think engage in my opinion is better in both respects i enjoyed engage more from a gameplay perspective because it just gives you more fun tools to use to cheese your way through chapters i mean you've got stuff like aoe warp stabs aoe dances and like a bunch of other and like 10 move units with sigurd and like those kinds of tools are just fun to use and fun to play with and mess around with and i feel like the the parts of engage where it gets difficult aren't nearly as frustrating as anything in conquest because i feel like in engage you hit a wall like you've got the tools to get through it because they give you more than what you could possibly need in just really strong cheesy strategies you just have to figure out how you need to use them but conquest will physically and emotionally break you if that's what it takes <laughs> and I, I i've honestly having played it recently has kind of dampened my opinion on conquest and really made me appreciate how they improved and engage because it just i i don't think i ever hit a point in in playing engage where i was like yeah no there's just no shot i can't beat this i need to like put this down and think about it it was just like i'll just rerun it rerun a couple more times and i'll probably figure it out or i just one shot something that's like relatively difficult but like conquest has, has broken me before and every time i go back to it there will be some chapter that i will just beat my head into it for three hours and it will just be a miserable experience right. but I, yeah. I don't feel like i ever yeah. ran into that with engage and i appreciate it that's that. why you don't play that game on hardware yeah we know <laughs> probably, probably also <laughs> the, the, one, the big, one of the yeah, big the answer yeah the turn wheel like, like turn wheel lists engage mm -hmm. i mean 
you still have all those busted tools. You can still figure out how to one turn it and just reset that way. But like for the maps where you can't one turn it, it'd be very similar. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've I've said this before. Still like broken. Even if it's not broken, I can one turn this chapter. It's still broken. I can like clear out two thirds of the enemies because my player base is so ridiculous because everyone yeah. has a delete button and I can give everyone like two or three turns. Right, and also have the the backup of the 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 it's not the divine pulse here. I forget what it's called. The, no, it's not the turn wheel. It's the weird thing that comes into play again yeah. at the end of the story for yeah, like two which, seconds and then conic time crystal or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah. just ha that having that, if, yeah, engage having field, that safety net. Yeah, and I, I think we're all built around that than like three houses was three three houses. Yeah, time yeah. Was oh, one hundred percent. Like, more of like, hey, this, you you didn't see this coming. Jokes on you. Or engage if it's uh, like an actual resource yeah. that you're managing. Like, okay, this this play didn't work out, but I've got I've got enough redos here. Regardless, yeah. I'm still a huge fan of that feature. I I know it's contentious for some longtime fans, I but think it should be an I, I it's it and I it mostly it, I think it more than likely will be that that's such a great feature. It's just yeah. like it just cuts down on time, and I don't know. It's it's especially just... in again playing Conquest, a game that doesn't have it and is difficult. You make one misstep, it. and it's like, yeah, that game does need it. You make one misstep, and it's like, all right, well, there goes like forty-five minutes of my life down the dumpster. I'll just run it back and do it all again. But it's here, so it's like, interesting. oh, I'll just go back a turn. Way better. Yeah, no, it's crazy that they introduced that in uh, not Guide and Echoes as well, which is a game that like so better that it has it, but yeah, it, like it didn't really need not, it that much. Not, yeah, it wasn't nearly as needed as it was for Conquest, but maybe no, that's where they came up not. with the idea for it. Well, at, at least but, um, with Echoes, the, the hit rates are just so ass constantly. You're like, that's oh, true. oh, oh man, I, I mean, not like witches teleporting behind you, and right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's no, pretty. It does like, still remember we all played Guide with save states. Right. Yeah. So, so there, there in echoes. It's, it's more like three houses, where it's like, hey, you, we rolled the dice, and you didn't react well enough. So yeah, well, just uh, hey, try again, play the turn and get luckier this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I would is... agree. Like Ruth, compared to Conquest, like if they if you replace the Somnia with my castle, or even better yet, like a my castle with good forging, like yeah. <laughs> I would say Engage would be a hundred percent better. Even though the story is kind of worse, but like, who cares? They're both so bad, you should skip See, them. See, on like, that story, I actually matter. find engage less frustrating as like as far as reading the story goes. Oh, it I definitely it is. Yeah, and I also feel like conquest the the parts of the story in conquest that are bad, it's like just so dumb and nonsensical and infuriating that you're like, what the fuck is even happening? How is this supposed to make any sense? See, that, I'd like, rather be amused by that than bored. Yeah, but that's but like a see, I'm, yeah, I'm just the opposite. Like that, like playing through it and reading the story makes me want to tear my hair out because it's just so offensively dumb. And Engage doesn't get nearly as offensively stupid. And when it is offensively stupid, it ends up being funny. And like you were saying, like with like the room, it's it's uh, funny some because of it. it's dumb. Some of it. I said I said when some it's offensive. It. Yeah. When it's like really, I mean like. Alir dying twice in a chapter and coming back to life twice. <laughs> that's silly. That's funny. It's stupid. It's bad. But it's at least kind of funny because it's ridiculous. And yeah. when he gets, but when I he give gets... like maybe and then, and then five to eight chapters at most of moments like, like that and engage, and the rest are just like, go here to get the ring, kill the four hounds. Go here to get the ring, kill the four hounds. Hey, look, it's the divine dragon. I love the divine dragon. I love you, Alir. 
No, I, I, I'm I'm kind of with you, Huster. People say, you know, if you're writing any kind of story, book, movie, whatever, they say, like, the cardinal sin is not necessarily to create something so awful, but the cardinal sin is to bore. And to me, Engage does kind of bore. Where Conquest is, by all means, a, a less functional story and worse story than Engage, but at least it's like it's like a train wreck in motion <laughs> you know what i mean but engage mostly kind of snoozes like I, I don't know about you guys i started out sort of listening to some of those like supports but by the end of the game i i skipped almost every single support <laughs> like i just did not i felt not obligated care. to read them and i found a couple i like like there's always going to be a few that are good and sometimes sure. you might even get them just randomly getting them but like yeah. Not many, and never like consistently around a specific character. They're mostly just really tedious. They go back to the awakening style of like this character is their gimmick. You know what I mean? Like they've got one thing that defines their personality, and every support is kind of surrounded by it. Again, there's 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 ones and I like, remember thinking were decent, but in three houses, everything's or not everything, but plenty is tied into like the world and the social systems and the crests and like nobility versus commoner. Yeah. And like, you know, you can quibble about the execution on that, but like three houses is a story I think that mostly works that falls apart if you look at it too hard, um, or arguably just a little depending on the route. But like, engage never works, <laughs> there's just nothing there. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm 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 with you there. How okay, have either I think Sheffin might be the only one who's played this. How is the DLC chapter story oh, yeah, thing? The, the fell Xenolog. Yeah, the Fel Xenolog. Fel Xenolog. <laughs> uh it's it's actually actually pretty I would say actually pretty good. Honestly, you it's a very more tight knit story in a sense. Where it's essentially the only cast is Alir, uh, Nil, Nell, and then the four hound, the the good version, the four winds. So you actually. What is going on there? Is that like a time travel thing or something, or is yeah, it like alternate an, universe? Or... Al so it's an it's an alternate world that mm -hmm. in that world, Alir and Sombron killed each other instead of just stabbing each other in in our in our okay. world, and so Alir so Alir's dead. Sombron's also dead. And then a new force is then begins cor uh, corrupting the world, and that—that's the big twist. Is that literally the entire world is just like all corrupted? Like even mm -hmm. it's so seeped into the world that even like the evil versions of like Alfred, Saline, and Ivy—they're—they're they're corrupted. And even in gameplay, they have the the corrupted status. And just it's actually a very—it's actually pretty good, pretty good story-wise, except they fall. It's like three houses in the sense that it falls apart, and they're like, how did everyone not notice that they all became corrupted? <laughs> and the entire world, and how is it literally only the four winds and Nil and Nell <laughs> that are the only not corrupted? But it's still, it's I, it's still a very good story that I enjoyed. It's just hindered. how do you feel? Well, the, this might be what you're getting to, but how do you feel about the fact this this was the big thing I heard? That so you have to replay in, it every time. yeah, you have to replay it, which you didn't have to do with Cindered Shadows in uh, the Three Houses. Me off of it, the most. it just is. Yeah, me too. It's frustrating. It yeah. weirdly makes me want to play it less. Boxes are like locked, right? Like if you used Anna, you're just yes. fucked. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you, yep. you basically need to, the way I'd recommend it is just 
you can do it on any difficulty, but you can steamroll it on easy, and you get fixed characters, mm-hmm. so it's like your stats are better. So it's like you can just I would recommend just steamrolling it as soon as you can on easy and then just making a save file and then just loading back up that save file whenever you want to like replay. And yeah, it's the character It's is, just such a strange workaround. Like they yeah. they got it right last yeah. time. Yeah, they had I don't it know right. why they Well, cuz that was Koei Tecmo. Right. That <laughs> yeah. was Koei. I guess. Yeah, that was Koei Tecmo. Different. And in the extra what year that this game was just sitting on the shelf finished no one yeah them doing nothing extra extra three years extra three years yeah yeah because this was supposed to come out somewhere in 2020 for the yeah the fire emblem whatever and special anniversary the 30th anniversary right with when that when they did the shadow dragon like yeah where this drops in 2020 and everyone's playing it because there's nothing else and there's (laughs) yeah because covid and then like this has an Animal Crossing type, like, taking off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I it, feel it, like. Go ahead. Well, I, I feel like we should mention. Actually since, really good. since this was going to come out, in, or at least it was originally planned to come out in 2020, that as an anniversary game, as an homage to the series, like, they have an absolutely absurd number of just, like, little references to past yeah. games when you look into, like, the emblems, their bond yeah. rings, their paralogs. Like, they. They but again, no it's effort. mostly the gameplay. Like, yeah. their skills, their paralogs, their behaviors is all there, but right. then their characters are all just sanded down to generic hero. Yes. Like, right, for the main they, for the main story, yeah, they're just, like, they're, they're basically MacGuffins and could just be functionally yes. microwaves for all. I mean, I, well, I and what is there outside this... the main story? There's the one-sentence Bond conversations. Like, yeah, but there's I actually, mean... there's, there's a lot of, there's actually a lot of good interactions and characterizations in those, with a lot of them. And the paralogs, okay. especially. I believe you, but I didn't see any. I fair did enough. read all of them, <laughs> but I got. I mean, to be fair, I, it's not like I went into this expecting to see any uh, big Sigurd character growth. Like, that obviously wasn't going to happen. That no, means... but I, I would have liked more than the one-sentence interaction. That was for sure, sure a disappointment. Reasonable. I'm just saying, I didn't My set the bar very fix... high is remove the rings as a story element and just have the emblems be characters that do stuff in their join chapters. And then they can disappear from the story again, like Fire Emblem units. But then they at least get to do something first. And if the idea behind this game, bafflingly, was to lure in new players with the anniversary game with all the old characters, I don't know what the fuck they were thinking there. But if that was the plan, then making people get to know them and like them would have probably been better than just saying, here's a Fire Emblem character, they're a generic lord, and if you haven't played their game, then all these skills are just assaulting you, and you—they don't mean anything. Well, I'm—I'm I'm pretty sure that wasn't their intention for like to draw in new players with. Oh with no, the there's an interview where they say explicitly that it is. Uh, you know, I think it is because a, a lot of these people probably saw, you know, that was if you started a dumb story too, because they wanted to learn you... idiots. I, I I read that interview as well. <laughs> I um. Like, if you were playing Smash, you know, even in, like, I, I don't know, you got Smash for Wii U or something like that, and you're like, this guy is sick, What what's his story? And then Ultimate comes out, and it's like, yeah, I still can't, there's nothing with him, and then he's on the cover of the game, it's like, wow, I can finally learn about Ike, and then you get him halfway through the game, and he's just like a big old tough guy with not, not very many lines with other characters. So I, I think it, con- it honestly was a little bit of their intention because some of these characters have become iconic through things like Smash. And honestly, I know they said this in the interview as well. They they were clearly 
in at least for me gameplay wise it actually did work a lot of the time but they were clearly trying to lure people who might have only been playing the mobile game fire emblem heroes over to like one of the the standard console entries which it was probably more successful in doing that than someone who had never played any kind of fire emblem game before yeah, yeah, and but... they the gameplay is a bit more heroes like too with the like shorter movement yep. range and stuff. Although it works yeah, here because yeah. you've got so many busted movement options and like repeatable warp staffs and stuff. Like if you had old Fire Emblem move on those same maps, it would just be completely broken. Yes. Um, so I get like they they worked around it. But, but if you same... compare it to like Three Houses, that lured in a lot of new people by just being a good game and having good word of mouth and gripping people instead of like intentionally dumbing itself down. I don't know. Yeah, but at the I'm same not defending time, choice. The, yeah, I was gonna say, but at the same time, a lot of just a lot of the references are just so deep cut that yeah, you, which you is cool, of... but it doesn't mean anything mm -hmm. to people who aren't like us. Yeah, but at the same, but at the same time, does that in the end does that matter sometimes? I mean, the point was to be an homage to longtime fans more than bring in new people. Obviously, they want to bring in new players with every game they put out. They don't want to just appeal to the exact same player base. They want that player base to be bigger because that means more money. But right. a lot of those types of things, like them putting, um, them putting like Wrath Resolve on Ike, had nothing to do with bringing in new players. That was purely a reference. No, it's just a cute little reference. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or yeah. giving or yeah. giving him a hammer or giving yes. Roy Roy five extra levels yeah. to simulate like hard Fe sixes hard mode bonuses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or, or giving even... Sigurd road bonus move and busted right. Canto. Yeah. Like, or that's even, all great. I love that. Even getting into, like, the paralogue, specific paralogue references, like, there's so so much you could talk about yeah. there. There's, like, I think, like, NPCs that represent, like, Julius and Ishtar in the FE4 map and Sigurd, because it's mm -hmm. a, a second half map, and they're just, like, these turbo-buffed mages just sitting in the corner intimidating you. Award Don't you like how there's still no FE7 map? Because both the FE7 maps were FE6 maps. I can't believe yeah. they brought back the worst map from FE6. It, was, it, was it is iconic, it is. though. For a character I mean, that's not an FE6. Yeah, I know. But it's like... yeah. they, they have to give her a Sakai map, and like there's like two two Sakai FE7 maps. So like, oh, I guess we got to dip into FE7. Or FE6. Yeah. They just used the finale of Lin mode. Could have, uh, actually. They, they probably could have, like... but visually Sakaian, and I think that was what they wanted because that map isn't in Sakai. Yeah, that's yeah, but that's Lin's story is that she's not in Sakai for all of FE Seven. Basically, she could talk they about. They did that. not. They did not need to give Hector the Armads map. I think that's the the big thing from FE Six. That, that did need to give him the Armads map, though. You think? Well, I mean, the, the, well, I mean, would you Armad... rather if they done like Cog of Destiny? And also, that, I don't know. That, I don't got, know. That Armad's map is still is FE seven map, so is it? Yeah. Yeah, it's in Hector mode. Yeah, it's Hector mode only. Oh. Yeah. All right, it, fine, it fine. That's, that's fine then. If you want to get technical about it, it is like FE six. You play like the left side of the Armad's map, and FE seven you play the right side of the Armad's map. Okay. But, but yeah, it's still. I mean, but, Hector taking the Armad's is like pretty important and pivotal to his character so i mean there was really no better map it's true axe guy gets axe right yeah and i love that they brought back 313 for makaya like i haven't yeah. played it yet but i just went there to see it choice. what it was it was a great choice like that that's kind of the thing with this game like we're listing about stuff. there's so much cool stuff and then the stuff that it doesn't do well 
is much more there's much less to talk about like in a conversation it just gets swept away really easily but when you're playing the game there's a lot of shit like can we just talk about the ux for a second and like how they co totally broke the old info system and like yeah the somniel compared to the monastery is briefer which is great but it doesn't have any of the benefit that the monastery had, and it has most of the downsides still, where you're spending a long-ass time running around, and it has loading screens that you have to deal with much more than you used to for, like, the main gameplay stuff, even if you don't care about talking to the characters, which you should yeah, the, the arena interesting to say anymore. Like, just yeah, what the, the fuck were they thinking? The arena being behind a loading screen still baffles me. I, I don't really know why that was... That was there. Um, For any of you who I, are playing the game now, you should know that at launch, you could not inherit skills in the arena. So you yeah, had to warp back and forth between the ring chamber and the arena. They changed that? I, yeah. I didn't yeah. even know that they added that. Okay. Wow. The well was also a, a post-launch patch. Right, addition. you get more SP. Yeah. How do you guys feel about that? Because the meta changed so... Like, SP was, honestly, in my opinion... Like, it was kind of cool that it, it was a bit of a challenge and you needed to make more decisions, but I really wished they had given us more, not books, but just, like, characters earn more SP from battles because you yeah, had to I be so stingy. And then they just did the opposite now, where it's like, here you go, here's a million books, here's the well, all that's... Here's Veronica's skill, you can get anything on anyone. Well, with the, well, the DLC rings, you still have to play through the DLC, DLC maps. Every, every single well, sure. suck. Yeah, especially Vron. Especially since you have to I, I just mean but, yeah. like the inheritance restrictions and things from from the SP. I thought it it was such a weird it was like a parabolic balance curve where it's like it goes from like too hard and then all of a sudden it's like now it's way too easy. Yeah, but at the same time Not not hard from a difficulty, but just a grinding thing. I mean, you could right. still get it on other yeah. characters. You just have to yeah. I but would much rather it be easier though because Oh, so, no, cool so would I. So can, would I. Yeah, that you can do with skills and like Especially if it's like, oh, I got this character, like, I've got this character from, like, Fierne or Brodia who I want to take through the whole game, but good luck getting them any inheritable skills. They come with two base SP, and then you go to Illusia, and you get Ivy, and she's like 3,000 or something. Yeah, so, I know. I don't remember exactly how <laughs> much it is, but SP balance like that was just bizarre and weird. And Worst balancing and, in, in yeah, the game, and I, I would say. I think say. the well does a bit to help that for everybody, and you're making seeing... SP just more accessible. And you're still limited only to as two skill slots. Yeah, like you can't go crazy with it. You have two slots to work. Right. So there is still that it's level. True. There is still that level. I like that restriction. Yeah. yeah so it, and you, sometimes you'll inherit a skill and forget that you need to go into an entirely separate menu to equip. Oh it. my right. god, that's so real. Yeah, <laughs> but but with the well, you're able to do more than just like, all right, here's Canto, here's reposition, and like, uh, that's that's yeah, man, that's, that's, that's all I got. That's it. That's all you had. That's all you get for yep. the entire game. What's that? You want to try out these cool skill combinations with another emblem? That's going to cost you 5,000 SP, and it's going to require you to play New Game Plus to get it. Oh, wait! <laughs> yeah, there's yeah, also yeah, no New, New Game Plus. plus. Honestly, Which between is... the SP and the Tedium, I mostly just slap Kanto on everyone, and then just kind of otherwise... Yeah. That's how you, that's how you play Fire Emblem Gage. It's yeah. Kanto plus one other skill, unless you're See, some kind like, of... That also plays into what they do with Chapter 10. It's like, Kanto's on Sigurd. Kanto's the most broken skill in the game, and they yoink Sigurd from you before you can really like play with the game yeah. systems and understand. It sucks that if you didn't know that Kanto's already. Busted. Yeah, <laughs> but if you didn't know that going in, you're screwed until like 
two thirds of the way through the game. See, right. they could have well, solved that by having Emblem Sigurd say, "You know where I come from. Movement is the most important thing in the world. And even if you're really strong, then you can't do anything because you can't get to the battle in time." Hey, but, look at my skill, Kanto. That helps with movement. Hint, hint. But at the same time, with that, you you know Sigurd's super powerful. Just like from the first first moment you you equip him on someone, then it's like, oh shit, yeah. yeah. This but dude, it, it's is harder like, to appreciate yeah. how good it is until you get like Seedal and Violet, and then you're like, oh, this is just like really really good. But then the counterpoint, mm-hmm. you yeah. get you get Sigurd back two chapters after <laughs> you get yeah like, Seedal and Violet. Yeah, so that, that, Sigurd fair. actually is like he is the most available emblem, and you get him back the fastest. But still, yeah, point taken. They they take them away like just about when you're like ready for. Yeah, it's like you're at the point where you've got like a decent amount of SP. Your good units can probably pick like a skill or two, and if you don't actively think to do it like right around then, you can just get screwed. Yeah, I didn't have enough SP to get any good skills from any of the early game emblems. I just had to wait until they came back. Right. And even then, that was just because I was using different units that had higher base SP. Yeah. Well, then, then the big twist is like only Seagird out of the initial emblems has anything like worth inheriting. That's yeah. the big twist. Is he yeah. the only one, really? I, I'm trying I, to think. There's. I've seen people do like niche, like lunchbox strats, yeah. but that's yeah. like a specific yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. You can get like lunchbox from Celica. Uh, and then yeah, that's that's really. I some some people like some of the. Uh, with a well, you can use like the weapon prowess skills or weapon power skills. Guess, mm-hmm. You get advantage oh, yeah. from leaf, maybe, right? Uh, yeah, advantage is not the that, best that, in this game, I think. It it's yeah. good, but it it would only need to work on a specific. You would either you need to put it on amber, or if you have the DLC nil, or Rafala. Spoiler, and Whoa. other than that, yeah, no, it doesn't work. Poor Leaf man, he's so bad. <laughs> he's like, is 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 has the meta stayed that he's easily the worst emblem? Uh, there are some people that will be like, there at like some super high level of like LTCing and stuff, or like minimal mm-hmm. resources, and like he's marginally better than Roy. <laughs> but yeah, for all all other intents and purposes, he's 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 not good. Incredible how much of a glow up Lynn got, because I remember people putting her around mid tier in the beginning, but she's like an insane combat emblem. She's she's so good. Those doubling thresholds are pretty harsh in this game, so being able to hit them is pretty strong. Yeah, you can basically you take her is also. Like... You can you can take oh, like any unit double like everything basically. Speedtaker's so sick. Problems are solved. Yeah, Speedtaker's yeah. such a dope skill. <laughs> I love that skill. <laughs> yeah, it's great. And you know that's that's just one of the fun things about it too. Is like, man, who, it's from the strategic level. Of like, all right, who do I give Lynn? Do I do I give it? Do I give it to yeah. Ivy? You know, then you get them. Some some people are like, ah, oh, you know, give it to Allcrest. And you know, mm-hmm. both 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 are valid. One one is hundred percent better than the other. Yeah, but you only have one Lynn. So then the question is like, oh, yeah. who, do, who do I put it on? Or stuff, even stuff like Corin. Like we haven't talked about Corin, where Corin has. Oh different- god! Oh, she had the biggest people. glow up. She yeah. had the biggest glow up. People put yeah. her like bottom tier. Now they put him like her S tier, from what I've seen. Yeah, Swiss I think it's knife. because they put like for most classes, Corin does suck. You need to put it on very specific ones for the. Great on thieves. Yeah. Good. Well, even 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 yeah. going beyond that, it's now the meta is like where 
her ability to debuff just the uh, draconic draconic oh, yeah. hex draconic yeah. hex yeah. just the, the minus draconic stat. hex plus like longbow and stuff like that's really cool yeah you can just get free stat down just because of draconic hex yeah you don't even, you don't even really need the uh the the class actions anymore so you don't need like the fog from covert or the flame from mystical just just the deep pure debuffing is like mm. that's 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 enough to be great but even even then you could st there's still some there's still some cases where like oh you know i would like a fog machine yunaka here yeah. or zelkov and yeah that that's fun yeah, Zelkov had like one foot on the bench because like sometimes I wanted to use him to pull in uh, an Astro Storm with forty turns or get some fog up, and then I just put him back on the bench after. And that, you know that that worked. <laughs> yeah. 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 Strats. You can kind of rotate in and out. I mean, it's kind of designed I, I... for me to do that because the units you get in the mid and late game are just so much better than the early game ones. Yeah. Yeah, that is one thing I'm not a huge fan of in this game is the kind of whack unit balance with it's... like when you get units it's like so many of the fearnay and brodia cast just suck like, yeah there's yeah. a lot of them that just feel they, well, they kind of suck and then the ones that are good you'll like get them and use them and then you get to like psalm and then they'll just be a strictly better version of that character yeah just... i think it's the biggest issue with the balance in this game personally uh because i think this game i i want to touch on this because everyone's worry when this game first released, in including me, I'm not uh, discounting myself from this conversation, but I think a lot of people's largest worry was, are these emblems just going to totally break open the combat in this game and make it a cakewalk? And I think, listen, they... they I think they, they did a don't. great job with balancing yeah. it. They do and they yeah. don't, because you get that power fantasy of, like, holy shit, I'm just, like, destroying people, I'm wonder-rounding things, but they also, with both the map design and, in particular, the boss design, in my opinion, this game has the best boss design overall, as a whole, in the series, with just the simple change of both giving the enemies emblem rings, but also giving them multiple health bars, not just inflated health bars, but making yeah. it that, like, you can't, you, you literally can't kill them in one round of combat. You need to do it in two or three sometimes. Just totally changes the game. And and I, I don't know. I think it, it shocks me how well they, they balance that. But then on the other hand, you have... Well, and you have the... Like, without the like emblems, that. that would be really annoying. But since you do have them, it all balances out. Like... Those right, no. Cards would be really annoying if you put them in like Radiant Dawn or something. Yeah. If you put Lin in any other game, it would be like the like imagine Lin on like Seth <laughs> or something like that in Sacred Stone. Like it'd be completely busted. But in this game, it's really well balanced, and it it yeah you you get both the power fantasy and you still have the strategic elements of it. They they did a great job. And then on the other hand, you have what Keegan was just talking about, where first you know 10 or 15 or whatever units besides a handful are just shitters that you get like direct upgrades of later on in the game which is kind of uh, i don't know it's it's not great it's it's a little bit upsetting but on one hand, what are you gonna do nice, i guess it's nice that like the units you get as you join don't suck and like the vast majority of them it's like oh hey i like this unit or this character i can like you can kind of plug and play the vast majority of them but then it's also like mm -hmm. they're just they're just strict upgrades in a lot of cases, where it's like why even bother using this character that I invested all this time in in the first half of the game when their replacement just showed up? 
the SP yeah. man really yeah. doesn't help either. And that, yeah, that especially like add during 1.0 before they added the well, it felt even worse because it's like your only advantage would be if you inherited like Cantor and before chapter 10, that's like the only realistic advantage that you would have because the other character has like 1500 or 2000 SP and can get whatever they really want from any of the emblems you currently have. It's just, it just sucks. I think it's unfortunate. But I think from the, what they were going from, from the game, game, game dev perspective is the initial, initial cast is so weak that you really need to utilize the emblems in a sense. Sure. So like you really need to use Seagird, Marth and Celica to really do anything in the early game. Yeah. And on the on the one hand that that's certainly a way to show off like the power of the emblems, but yeah, on, on the other hand you 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 then feel like so weak without them. Like if you don't give like Boucheron an emblem, then it's like, man, this guy's just doing nothing. <laughs> He's just doing nothing. <laughs> I, I I thought there was going to be a, a Boucheron redemption arc. I remember at one point, Chef, you were saying, like, actually, I think he's better than people are giving him credit for, and it seems like but that has not panned out. <laughs> he, there, there, there is a certain group of people that are Boucheron-filled that put yeah, him Yeah, I, I in, know in, there's in, a little bit of a Boucheron cult. I, I think uh, Gwim is part of them, right? Is he not? <laughs> he, he, is, he is part of the Boucheron cult. It's, you know, it, there, there, are, there are positives and, and reasons to invest in him. I if, believe if they you... call themselves the Order of the Amused Boosh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. I guess even going back to the, just the emblem design, like, think about, like, Celica, for example, when you get her, you know, first time, when first time you... Yeah, you Warp have... Ragnarok kills everything. Right. And she yeah, feels, yeah, she feels insanely busted. Yeah, yeah, Warp Ragnarok, you just warp around, kill literally everything, and then when by the time you get her back, by the end of the game, it's like... Oh man, this warp. She's Ragnar- one of the weakest. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah, warp Ragnar- 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 doesn't actually get. Sucks, like, yeah, it doesn't get you. At least it's a movement tool. Mm-hmm. I can yeah. like warp somewhere and get a free hit, but I'm That's not. That's how I one turn Veil was that I warp Ragnarok up so that they'd be in range of the goddess dance. You know. Uh, yeah, but that was only as a movement tool. Right. <laughs> and you were like, "Oh, hey, neat, like ten damage." Wait, Veil is a boss fight. Yeah. Yeah, like I'm, I'm kidding. Oh, I'm kidding. Right now, you just forgotten because the story. Do you have the DLC? Because she is, I will say, Veil. Uh, you get her so late, but if you do the Veil, everyone knows about this combo at this point. But the Veil Soren combo is so much fun. You just get like 95% crit stats and just ridiculous damage. It's she's she's crazy. And yeah. with Flair, you're like healing too all the time. Yeah, it's kind of silly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's insane. I would like to try it with the DLC and like do the paralogs and stuff. Like I was rushing so much, and that did like I couldn't plan ahead on with the team as much. I definitely noticed like an inability to one round stuff the last few chapters I was playing. You know, there was more <laughs> I could do, but like I, I knew I don't hold that against the game. That was me rushing through it, you know, and I still beat the chapters fine because the yeah. tools are so busted. You can still do that anyway. Another thing I want to mention in this game's favor, and I think, Chef, you could speak to this more than I could, because this is more from what I've seen in my limited experience, but mostly just from discussion online. It seems like this game has probably the best matting mode in the series. It's certainly a big step up from Three Houses, from from what I've seen. In, t- in terms of, like, the, the balance between difficulty and fairness? Yes. Yeah, in, in that sense, it's it's definitely definitely one of the best. 
And also, you just don't have to, like, sit and fish like you do in three houses and get, like, particular rolls for things or whatever. Or it doesn't have, like, the big wall where three houses, like, the early game on Maddening is just like, man, these are, like... Pain. Yeah, it's, like, (laughs) Like, not even fun. Yeah, it is actually suffering. Yeah, it's, like, 20 20 turn maps for, like, the first five maps, and I'm like, what the hell am I doing here spending 100 turns in the early game? Yeah. But, yeah... For people... I, I doubt it if you're listening to this podcast, but for people who might think like, oh, you guys just aren't good at the game or something like that. It's like the way these games work, it's like you either kill the unit or you don't. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just when you have your little shitters running around the map with enemies that have like double the stats as you, it's not like Dark Souls. You can't just like dodge roll and keep getting in shots and then you beat the boss. Yeah, it's like, no, you, you're kind of... Like every enemy one rounds you. <laughs> yeah. Like every enemy yes. one rounds like almost every character except maybe... It's straight up violent. just not fun. Like, yeah. like yeah, it's, it it's just not fun. Brutal. Yeah, and as, as much as like people give like Gun... Uh, not Gunther, Vander. Give Vander like trash and like it's still nice to have like oh here here's a guy he can take he's like three die, at least. yeah he can take three yeah. hits he's got 40 hp he's got 12 defense you know it, just having that in comparison to like three houses where it's like all right your strongest person is also like didu who's still also like level one so it's like <laughs> yeah that that's as bulky as you get yeah but I got, I got a question for you all guys here. You know, I guess more yeah. looking towards the future. How, how are we feeling about the future of the series? Does Engage make you... Uh, now that Engage, I guess, was the first game that IS truly did after after Echoes, which I think when Echoes came out 2016, 2015? About then, yeah. yeah. So we're, 17, we're, I think, right? Because it was the same year as yeah. Heroes. Oh, the same year as Heroes. Yeah, yeah. So... <laughs> yeah. so so, seven and a half, seven and uh, a half years, and how we, we we are we worried about the future? Good about the future? I hope they fire. I wouldn't say I'm worried. Whoa! Whoa. <laughs> All right, well, uh, let's uh, try let's again. Order. <laughs> Darren, you go first. Or Devin, sorry, I'm, I'm Darren's not here. I'm hallucinating. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I really sorry. never like addressed that. He just, oh yeah, uh, no yeah. Black yeah. Knight, zero out of ten. Uh, yeah, Darren. Darren has returned to his home planet, so he he's no longer he's here just for this with episode. Yeah, he's, no, he's really here. He's just really been quiet. He doesn't have a word to say. He's been so angry. We're gonna get so many <laughs> like mean Discord messages at the end of this. Like, I don't know if I can do this anymore, guys. This might be yeah, the, the yeah. final. Draw. We're, we're intentionally not letting him say anything. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. He's in jail. Anyway. Anyway, anyway, yeah, yeah Devin, go jail, ahead. But... You, you, you go first, and we'll go down the line here. I'll go first because I, I don't think my thoughts are too complicated on this. Um, I, I don't have any worry for the series. I, I kind of think, um, I don't know. I, I think Darren has a little bit of worry just from what he's expressed for, for things. But for me, it's a little bit hard to be worried since even though there are lots of things I don't like about Engage and there are lots of things I don't like about Three Houses, these games still accomplish things and they've they're they're making sales like they're they're doing pretty well for what they are and how much they cost. So I don't see any world in which we don't get a Fire Emblem game within the next I would say one to two years. Um, so that part doesn't worry me. It's more just my question is like. Where the hell do you go from here? Because you had Three Houses, which is a game that, even if I would say I personally prefer Engage, it seems like the vast majority, I don't even want to say fans, I want to say the vast majority of players preferred compared to Engage. 
which was a game that was also, as we mentioned previously, was not developed by the studio who makes 99.9% of all Fire Emblem games. <laughs> like, it was developed by, uh, by Koei Tecmo. And Engage, although it did perform reasonably well, it, it didn't set the world on fire, and I don't think it, it did... It didn't do Fates numbers, really. At least I don't think it did. It didn't do Awakening numbers. It certainly hasn't done Three Houses Like, the numbers. launch was very strong, but then if you compare it to, like, Three Houses, where you had the, a lot of buzz, a lot of word of mouth. Right, you had the word of mouth, like we talked yeah. about before. There, there's not really been... The word of mouth to this game was like, listen, if you love Fire Emblem, this is great for you, but probably not, like, the greatest entry point to the series, which, while that works for all of us to an extent, it's probably not what you want for your, your new AAA... Yeah. Video no one game. Be, if you like it, you probably already bought it. Oh yeah, uh, uh, com completely. That that's a great way to put it. So, I don't know where the series goes from here. Everyone has obviously been talking about a genealogy remake. I think that is a total possibility, especially with how much. I mean, after Marth, because yeah, it's the anniversary game. It's got to be Marth. After Marth, Sigurd is probably the emblem that gets the most screen time in the game and has the most semblance of almost having a character <laughs> so it it almost seems like in some ways that they're they're sort of trying to set up a genealogy game but it could also be something completely new um i think there's a world in which koei tecmo continues to develop fire emblem games kind of alongside uh intelligent systems and they do their more open-ended narrative driven sort of um <clears throat> Three Houses style games where, listen, say what you want about intelligent systems and the quality of some of these games, but they've found a formula. And even though it can vary a little bit from game to game, they're they're pretty damn good at that formula. So I think it's it's possible that they stick to it. Or, um, you know, there's tons of rumors right now about the Switch 2, whatever form that ends up taking, coming out probably holiday 2024, which... I've been saying, I don't think on this podcast, but just to other friends and people who are into Nintendo stuff, I've been saying since the start of the year that I think Switch 2 is probably next year. So there's a good chance the next Fire Emblem game doesn't come out on the Switch 2 and they want to, you know, have a soft reboot style thing like they did with Three Houses. And that's that's possible. I, I It's it's just hard to say. It's it's really hard to say right now. I guess that's my take. Uh, for for our audience, uh, I believe just it was somewhat recently it, it was announced. It, the dev kits, or are you talking about, or no? For engaged sales, I believe it was just recently. It was they're like just oh, right. over t just over two million, which two million. It's not in, bad. Two million. It's by no means a flop. Yeah, in six months. Yeah, we're not like square. We're not like squaring it. Hicks, like <laughs> Tomb Raider sales. Like those, that's respectable numbers. We're not. We're not I mean, shattering yeah, records. We're, we're, we can't be upset about that. Yeah, this like... is not an indie game, but this game also, the cutscenes, they did a decent job with it, but the cutscenes are quite literally PNGs with characters over them. Like, I don't, they weren't, they weren't, like, it's still, they weren't still, spending a ton of money on this. It's still an improvement over three houses where you were in the, in the cylinders for every, every it's true. cutscene. But, Hus, what about you, Husser? What, what's your rain check on the... Well, I definitely think if you're someone who's very invested in the financial success of the series, the future looks bright because games on Fire Emblem games on new consoles do very well. They always seem to get in early before there's a lot of other JRPGs. Like that's what happened with Awakening. That's what happened with Three Houses. Yeah. And you know that killed. Um, I really almost happened with Shadow Dragon. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if we just live in a world where like intelligent systems keeps making 
games with like fates engaged to your stories and gameplay and Koei Tecmo keeps doing the same thing with three houses. Like, I guess I can live with that, but wouldn't it be nice if we could have both? I don't feel like no. that's too much to ask, you know? Yeah, it is. It doesn't it's not, and, really and I'm on your page, but yeah. I, I'm but just trying to be like, realistic. Oh, know? no, of course. But if you look at, like, you know, say, Sacred Stones or Path of Radiance, like, these, these are not stories that are setting the world on fire or subverting your expectations, but they're still decent at what they do. They're competently know? told, exactly. Yeah, yeah. and they yeah. each have little interesting things that are unique to them and all blah, blah, blah. Like, it's just, I'm so disappointed to see it repeat so many of the same mistakes as Fates, like, especially with the, like, Royal Retainer set up for yeah. like almost every single character in the game you know I'm, i miss being able to recruit enemy characters that like never happens anymore that's true i, I, I never thought about that that's yeah, a good but point. the other thing is oh go sorry ahead. no but, go ahead finish your so point. Devin, you said that like intelligence systems has a formula and they're pretty good at it and i guess that's sort of true but really the way i would see it is they're not afraid to reinvent things all the time and that's why i'm not worried like you know fades came out yes. and it seemed similar to Awakening at first brush, but like really with hindsight, it's not very similar to Awakening. And everything since has not been very similar to Fates or Awakening. You know, they're always willing to reinvent and do their own thing. And even if I don't like that, you know, the next thing they do is very likely to be different and it could be great or it could be bad. But even, you know, from then on, like I I'm just not worried because they don't get stuck I, in I, red. I I yeah, I agree. That's that's a good way to put it. I meant more I, I don't I mean, and it could happen. It could totally happen because so many series, both Nintendo and non-Nintendo, doing this. But I, I don't quite see like a Breath of the Wild style, like complete, you know, overhaul sort of thing happen. They, they have their moment-to-moment -moment gameplay formula. All the things surrounding they they really, especially in recent entries, which there's tons of things you can complain about in recent entries. But you're, you're right; they do consistently change all the surrounding stuff to the you know your chess style tactical gameplay but i'm saying i don't <clears throat> i don't know if i see like a i don't know <laughs> like a intelligent systems developed like third person character action game or something like that coming anytime soon right i would love to see a koei tecmo develop like uh what's it called valkyrie like the 3d kind oh, valkyria chronicles valkyria chronicles yeah. yeah 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 that, that's how we get our fire emblem with guns that's, that's <laughs> on board. It finally Give us Awakening in the Moon. Where's yeah. the goddamn or Mars yeah. game? Where's the Mars game? Yeah, I, I got. I got They're cowards. They're, I take everything I said back. They're cowards. Final Fantasy went cyberpunk in the nineties. Final Fantasy's been medieval since nineteen ninety one. And it's older than Final Fan. I think it's older than Final Fantasy. It's about it's the like same age. But... Yeah, it might be. Yeah, it's it's close. Yeah. I guess Final if it's older, it's like older. one year maybe yeah. older. They're, they're around but, the same time. Yeah. I guess on, yeah. on your on your front of like the writing, I believe both Awakening, all of, all of Fates, and Engage have the same uh, same like, writer. Yeah, same writer. Well, that's so weird because so Awakening I, is, is like true? not nearly yeah. as bad as the other two. Yeah, it's the same. It's the same same head writer. So that it's more egregious than the similarities with Fates and Engage. The similarities, absolutely, especially with the Royals and Retainers. But yeah. I mean, it's been. Awakening was 2013, so I think I think they're 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 that writer may may be moving moving on or getting pay bumps or whatever. So we we well, may be getting you know, a new. Years later, I'm sure the team is very different, even if the head writer's the mm -hmm. same. But if she but if she's the head scenario writer and is setting like the bit the yeah. the the situations, then but so she she may 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 not be on the next game too. So 
and then there's the reinventing of the wheel again. We get entire new, entire new story head. But yeah. yeah. What about you, Keegan? Tomorrow, for Toy Tecmo. Yeah. What about, as, what about as you? As I know, I've your... said before, and I will say every time a similar topic comes up, absolutely nothing in this series is sacred. They will take anything that you like or dislike about any nuance on any of these games, and they'll throw it in the fucking trash the second they feel like it. So I think it's hard to look at a game and be like, oh, I wonder what the next game is going to be like using the past game as a reference. Because like, if you do that with three houses and to engage, I don't think there's a soul on the planet who would have gotten anything right about what engage was by using three houses <laughs> as a reference. And I think if you could do the same thing with three houses, comparing like either echoes or fates and look at three houses, I don't think a soul would have gotten that right either. I think right. it's so difficult to know what they're going to do next because you, it, it, there is no frame of reference. They could do something similar to Engage. They could do something similar to Three Houses. They could do something so completely deranged that we have no clue what they're going to do. And it, any of those possibilities is reasonable. I th and I think, as we've talked about, monetarily, the series isn't going anywhere. It's in a, a place where they can comfortably make money off of it. And even if they can't, Heroes is a cash cow. They're going to keep pumping out Heroes stuff. And I think that... At no, the, we'll at see. The, at like... <laughs> I, I think Heroes is fine. That's a different discussion we could get into. I think Heroes is fine, even if there are... That'd be an interesting little Gaiden episode at sure. some point. Yeah. Maybe we could talk um, about that. Heroes but six I, years I, later. Yeah, that, that is definitely a, a bigger topic for another time. That would take us yeah. quite a while. Um, yeah. I think that, um, I mean, just like, Heroes brings in a shit ton of money. Like, if you look at, like, Nintendo Mobile profits oh it's not it's even like, i know that it's, it's, it's not it, even close yeah, it completely dominates and eclipses every other mobile app they've put out like combined it's, other than pokemon go which is a different story a little bit because yes, it's another company story but, yeah. and honestly i wouldn't even be surprised if heroes does at any point like surpass go for one uh, reason or another, due to the success I, or failure of another i don't think you understand how big uh, pokemon go well, is e e yeah. either way with we're, either, we're in a good either way, i'm spot. saying yeah we're splitting hair the point is it makes a shit ton of money and i think if for no, even like the absolute like most pessimistic worst case scenario they would keep making games to prop up heroes like if you're the most nihilistic outcome i don't think at fire emblem's going anywhere and i don't think we're anywhere like remotely close to that worst case scenario so I don't see, I mean, I think the series has a future and likely a good one. The Switch is successful. The games have been selling well. It's not going anywhere. What the right, they've been selling like, better on Switch than anywhere yeah, else as well. Switch even is a great with console a, and the games have performed yeah. well on the Switch and have been generally received positively by at least some portion of its player base. There, I mean, mm -hmm. Three Houses has its diehard fans and so does Engage. And for very different reasons, because they value very different things about these games, because they are very different games. And I, I mean... I think almost no matter what they do, they will they will strike a chord with some part of the crowd, with some part of the relatively large fan base. They, they will it will resonate with enough of them that I think uh, I, I think Fire Emblem will see success for the foreseeable future. I yeah. don't see the series going anywhere. I'd be shocked if I was wrong on that. Yeah. I think also. Do you have any thoughts like artistically though for the future? Like in terms, I of think it's just so hard to know. because yeah. it kind of I mean a lot of it depends on like art direction and writers and they they like to cycle those people out a lot they'll give those kinds of people like a few games especially when you look at like artists you can see yeah. that like a lot they'll get like two or three games a piece and they'll get a new artist so mm -hmm. i know a lot of people had uh understandable complaints about the dire art direction of this game and 
they may hire this artist again. They may not. They yeah. they may never come back. I mean, Hidari for um, yeah, only for, Echoes. for Echoes. Echoes. I mean, Echoes' yeah. art style is very widely loved in the series. It's generally considered one of the best by most, if not the best. Yeah, bring them back. back. I yeah, love yeah. that art they, style. They, they are down to switch up almost... I mean, when I say nothing is sacred, that also extends to its visual style. Like, there is absolutely nothing that they are not willing to change. And I think that that plays as much to their strengths as it does their weaknesses. And in this case, I think it plays much more to their strengths. It, it, they can they could switch it up completely. I mean, this art style, this writing, it could be the last time that these people are ever on a team for these games or in these roles for these games. Or they mm -hmm. could be there for the next 10 years. And we just have no way to know. There's no way we can really be informed on that. I guess should also also note with like the them constantly reinventing themselves. It's it's not in the way of throwing things out. It's not in the same way of like Game Freak with Pokemon, where yes, Pokemon where, where Pokemon and Game Freak they'll they'll throw out great things for seemingly no reason and give no replacement yeah. whatsoever. Where because if they get rid of an idea, it's because they base their game around something different. Is that different thing going to be better? Who knows? We'll find out when it comes out. Yeah, but it's not. Yeah, it's not like the. What was it? The friend, the friend finder in X Y or that that system? Yeah. Oh my god! Uh, yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. Oh. They still different... have yet to meet the same quality. Of right. Yeah. Ten years later now. It is a very yeah. different kind of removal of features. Right. Because I mean, you'll see people who are like, "Oh, I wish that um, like X feature came back for another game." Like stuff like Rescue, I know, comes up like all the time. People want like Rescue. I mean, it'd be fun to, to see it again. But they're the sure, games are all absolutely. designed around it. Like. Right. You can't add skills to FE6 and have it not turn into a mess. You couldn't add these engage emblems I, I to any other game. You know, a lot of those quirks can, and things that they do can define that game and give any of those games individuality. As I, I'm pretty sure it's a point I've said every time this idea has come up too, with nothing being sacred, is mm -hmm. I mean, people go back and play every single game in the series. Every single game has merit, or may, maybe not like FE1 or two, if you want to split some hairs. Right. And with those as a potential minor exception, that's still what's like 15, what, 15, 15 yeah. different games, 15 different pretty distinct games in the series or even stuff mm. that's similar, like the GBA games are kind of or are like the most similar compared to maybe some of the others. There's still notable differences between six, seven and eight that you could very that you could value in one game and not value in another, even if they're still have like a similar philosophy, similar engine, similar like gameplay features. Yeah, like, the experience I, of playing them is pretty different. Yeah, despite absolutely. Despite right. them having yeah. that similar framework, they are very different games. I think it's almost impossible to know what they're going to do, but I I see no world that it ends poorly. It will. I think it'll just be, at worst case scenario, just a different game for a different group of people, because that tends to be what they do. Just about any Fire Emblem fan you ask, you they'll they'll give you different favorite games for very different reasons because they value very specific things from these games and they're so wildly different from each other that you can you can find a game for about anyone in the series and i think that that's going to just continue to be the case yeah um all right we did have a few uh, mailbag questions that maybe yes. we should get to now okay. um, yeah. so i'm just going to open it up with just like a, a real quick yes or no okay we we can discuss it also but just first i want to hear is it better than three houses? Like, just run down the list, yes or no. Damn yeah. you start. For me, yes. Um, I, I think it's yes, but it does definitely depend on what you value. Okay. Oscar? Yep. No. 
Okay. Uh, but I would probably rather replay it. <laughs> if, sure. you, if you if you only had to play if for, so for you if it's like if you only had to play one once you'd say play three houses. Yes. Okay. Uh, then I can agree. With I, I I yeah I would agree with okay. that just because I think there there's a lot more to universally I guess get attached to in three houses but it, it's like we said earlier that these games kind of do exactly opposite things so it's it's what you yeah. value if if you're more interested in like a cast of characters you want to come to love and. A, a more expansive world that still has its issues, but is is pretty good overall than Three Houses. If you want some of the best gameplay in the series, then engage. I uh, for me for me I'm saying Bo. If you only had one playthrough, yeah, then yeah. Three Houses. But if you and and any more than that, then engage. Yeah. Right. What about next? Okay. Okay. Uh, describe the map design philosophy. Did it work? So we got into that. These, these are both from uh, Tinny Oral, by the way. Um, so we kind of discussed this a little bit, where it's it's a little more like heroes with the short move lengths. It's kind of built around the insanely busted engage mechanics. Uh, I don't know, Chef, and if you've got any more. Yeah, uh, the maps, the maps, the maps are smaller, but more dense and compact. There's not really a lot of dead turns of just moving up and like wait waiting for the enemies no no dead turns you're always doing something with the small smaller maps and while they all they, they're smaller but more packed with action they're more mm -hmm. meaningful right it's not yeah it's not like it's not like three houses the tower in chapter five where you have to go all around all the, the way entire, around the spiral, spiral where you're you just have half the turns just you just moving up units here it's yeah you're, everyone's pretty much all, either healing, attacking, or avoiding enemies. Yeah. yeah. Okay, um, so our next question is from Varun, uh, who asks, who is each person's favorite unit in terms of character slash story and why? And then Pandarin kind of adds on to that for real, though. Are there any characters that you actually enjoyed for the character, found the whole cast really uninteresting? Uh, um, Devin, you? Yeah, I can go. I I'm kind of a sucker for this archetype, I guess. The the characters are all very archetypical, but I I really liked Ivy. I I thought she had a cool design. She's one of the strongest, if not the strongest units in the game. Um in in an interesting class as well, like mage flyer with also staffs. That's not something that we've really seen too much of before. Uh and I don't know, she's just like a a big nerd with self-confidence issues and also sort of being what is going to be the leader of what was traditionally the evil nation. There's, there's some interesting stuff there. It's again, it's not, you know, it's not going to completely blow you away. If you've watched one anime in your lifetime, you have seen this before, I guess, but yeah. it's, it's, not it's, much, it's but cool. In this game. It's and also it. as, as what is currently supposed to be the like waifu character of the game. Well, you know, she, she, her design is still sexualized to an extent. I think it's not nearly as bad as a lot of those other characters in, in recent games. So I don't feel like, I don't know, I don't feel like uncomfortable about liking her <laughs> as a character. Yeah, although in a series with Camilla, that bar is in the bottomless canyon. It really is. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I would agree. Ivy was probably one of the better ones. I, I was surprised to like, like, a couple of Panette's supports also, despite really not liking her, like, weird jack-o'-lantern design. I don't know. Ah, she's got a that. wild design. Yeah. yeah. 
Everyone does. Like, people have compared it to VTubers, I think, partly because the, the artist... The artist does, does um, art for VTubers. Yeah. And oh, it's, does she really? Yeah, I'm pretty okay. sure she does. Every single that... design is attention-grabbing, and it kind of turns into white noise because of that, for me. Like, none of them look real or integrated with the world, which is like, fine, this is an anime chess game, I don't care uh, that much, you know, but... They're consistently they're just, they're so much. They're so over designed. There's so much shit going on. Yeah, the soul, the soul, the soul moment. They're definitely the worst with that. Like Tamara and all of her like balls. There. Yeah. What? Orbs. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> what... Who who not only has heterochromia and multicolored hair, but also like six different kinds of buttons and like look. It's important to the war. It's Hortensia. Hortensia. Yeah. Hortensia is probably the worst. She's probably, by the way, ju just quickly, she's probably the character I had the biggest turnaround on. I, like, yeah. couldn't stand her at first, but then she actually does get a little bit of development and characterization. It's like, alright, you're, you're not so bad. Yeah, sure, yeah, her supports are decent. Well, the I, character I like introduction in the story, though, like, yeah, really... Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of yeah. rough. It's kind of yeah. rough. What about you, Keegan? Any characters? I... We know. We know. You probably do know. We know. Yeah, you probably do know. <laughs> but I, for, for those I'm, that don't know, who is it? I'm shocked that I liked Yunaka as much as I do. Hiya, Papaya. I, I didn't. I didn't think I'd care for her, but I. I think that she's. Um. I just liked the idea of like this, like the because in, in a game where like everyone is almost like, especially coming from like Thirne, where everyone was like, um, was kind of like bubbly and like overly friendly having someone who's doing that up to 11 but it's a facade was like kind of nice and she's got some supports that are actually like kind of solid i don't think she's anything like yeah like like we were talking about like with ivy she's not anything that's gonna like blow you away but like i liked her she was cool she's got some cool supports and i think her english va helps sell that like dichotomy of her character extraordinarily well Shocked she's not in Heroes yet. That's kind of wild what? to me because she's incredibly popular. Yeah, yeah. Well, she, she probably like, will be. She'll the win. voice She'll... talent in general was really wasted on this game. Like I've heard that male Alirism is good, but female Alir was female acting was the shit out of those she was terrible, great. terrible scenes. Is she? She was. Yeah, yeah. female Alir was fantastic. Yeah, I, I, mean, I went male, and and he was. I don't want to say anything bad about the voice actor, but I, I he was like didn't fine. elevate it. Like, yeah. He was okay. Yeah, he, he was female fine. Alir. It's like you're simultaneously like, oh my god, that dialogue is horrible, and like, oh my god, I kind of almost believe it. Like, yeah, you're almost in it. Really, because with yeah. male Alir, there, there, I will say, and I don't want to chalk it up to the actor. I'm more inclined to chuck these kind of things up yeah, to whatever kind of the, the script and also yeah voice direction. But there are a few very questionably read lines by Mel Lear. It just it it yeah it it feels like a like 2004 era like I'm watching this on Kiss anime dub. <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> well, I, I wouldn't feel too bad about that. Like I wanted to be a good dragon is is bad with either Alira. <laughs> There's no saving that line. No, it's hard to can't. make that work. She tried her best. You have to give yeah. it to her. She they they tried their best. Yeah, but they but tried they'll, their best. They'll they'll come. They'll. I mean, Fire Emblem reuses a lot of voice actors. Like even Yunaka. Yeah. Like that that was Catherine's Laura, voice yeah. actor. It, yeah, which is what like Laura Post is the goat. Her yeah. her range is absurd. Like you can go find like any two roles that she's done. There's a good chance that the voice and the character and the way it's performed is like just wildly different. I think that's what I liked about Yunaka is it's like both ends of the spectrum for her. You get this like overly crazy, high pitched, bubbly, almost I mean not even almost, just kind of obnoxious personality. But then you have like the other like 
lower voice, more somber, like for like the the assassin angle, and I it was it was cool. It was yeah. cool. Doesn't hurt as actor... well. But yeah. I was gonna say it doesn't hurt as well that Yunaka, even if you could argue that Zelkov is is a statistical upgrade from Yunaka, she's still an incredibly yeah, he just is. But Yunaka, her personal is so much fun. It's just an incredibly fun like workaround personal. Yeah, they're super Thieves fun. I wish fun. they promoted. I like the but... character. I, I, she hard carried my first playthrough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Zappy, Zappy. I heard that way too many times. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for me, uh, see, I, I, I really like Boucheron. I... Are you one of the Boucheron boys? I'm not, I'm not one of the. I'm not one. I'm not Boucheron pilled, but you're not a cult. You know... You're not part of the cult. <laughs> You know, I I really like Ivy and Ivy and her both her retainers, but I guess to give give a bit of a yeah, different, a I guess to give a give a different sort of more out there answer, I'm gonna say actually say Alfred, actually that is an out there answer. Really? Yes, yes and mostly because not a fan. Well, it's it it's completely understandable to not be a fan, but be, but because in one support is Salian support, where it's basically revealed of like oh he's actually like super ill and dying and yeah. if you go really yeah like yeah. in the end credits he and dies like, like two months after support, like recontextualizes his entire character right he yeah in the end wow. credits like if you don't pair him with a leader he dies like two months after the game ends like he he, oh he is he is just sick and dying in the just yeah. as the game but in in the sport cool. it shows off that you know he has this you know happy go lucky or try to push through this sort of attitude because he's like you know i'm sick i'm dying i don't want my last days to be worrying everyone or just being sad and mopey like oh i'm dying he's like i'm gonna go out there try to live life to the fullest get buff you know do do his bucket <laughs> list type thing and that's just... like a guidance style ending that's kind of cool yeah yeah that, yeah. that, I, that <laughs> does change things a little bit yeah it yeah it, it's only you only get that in like saline's a support or saline and all crest support but it, so it's like kind of weird which so it's kind of weird that it's not brought up in like any others but i guess it also yeah. like avoids like the marianne or burn the dead problem in like three houses where it's like you, they just keep bringing up their trauma every single time and it's like yeah or you knock up you're yeah you knock it you get like that you constantly get that like oh yeah i'm a, i'm a secret assassin i'm a, actually a secret assassin thing so i guess in that sense yeah but but yeah just that one sport with alfred just sort of entirely re recontextualizing his character actually actually makes him work despite you know all the all the muscle building Shame nothing else made him seem worth paying attention to to get there. I know. Yeah, yeah, it's behind the A support, and he is uh, very lackluster gameplay-wise. You could but say yeah, that. So, so <laughs> I guess you know story, story, gameplay integration. You know that that that's yeah. what we're on about, right? True. Don't, don't send the sickly he guy because he's gonna die. Don't send the sickly kid to battle. Like I don't know what the, what they want. I don't feel bad about benching him. Yeah, but yeah, and then I guess what last question we got here also from Varun asking which story is worse. I, I think we mentioned this earlier. About yeah, we, we yeah, covered so, that. I so think. Devin yeah. and Husser, you say Fates is better, Engage is worse, 
I think me and Keegan are saying fates are worse. Is fates is well? Worse? It's it's difficult. I think, I think we all it sounds like, like structurally fates is more of a. It's bad. a much worse it's story. It's kind of what what yeah, you get more out of. They basically say yeah. they appreciate the mess, and we don't appreciate the mess. Well, I don't appreciate it. It's more if just you appreciate like, it. More, I mean, contextually, obviously, like yeah. we're 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 splitting hairs on some bad stories. I, no, because yeah. I'd still probably pick engage because there are we didn't mention this, but they're like I don't think you've gotten there, Husser, but since we're doing full spoilers i think i mentioned this in a recent podcast i don't even remember if it was the engaged one but they they take what are the two harbingers at the end of the game's names um zephia what's the other one uh gris gris they take zephia who has been kind of a present element then they take gris who's just like walmart uh kmart brand um hubert <laughs> from three houses and they have but like a way more weirdly... like a massacre way more of a masochist but kind of, still kind of a literally who it, like lame villain and they give them a weirdly like genuinely touching death scene between the two of them that kind of like fleshes out their characters and it's like oh my god am i actually like sort of feeling something from these like villain of the week style characters <laughs> I, I it it's it's strangely well done there there are moments in the story that i'm but like wow that like, actually you didn't earn this no, it's it's, it's completely, yeah, it's completely unearned, unearned. But I haven't still. played that, so I can't contradict. You. Look, look yeah, forward to it. Extremely it's, skeptical. It, it is. It's okay. it's like you fight them for the last time, and then they die. There's a voice cutscene. It's, it's dying. It's a CG like, cutscene, right? Yeah. I believe it's a CG cutscene. Yeah. Is anything yeah. like Marnie dying? It, it's not like Marnie dying. Marnie. No, Marnie it's dying way better. It's the it, Marnie it's dying like, was funny because they're like, yeah, this is completely in a vacuum is really good. It's just like unearned and so out of nowhere and dawn is like a last ditch effort to salvage these two idiots yeah but it, it's it weird even so it's still like where the hell did this come from like where yeah. was this the rest of the game this is like a genuinely tragic moment like it yeah it's it's wild so i i, I still will just, pick engage but so just, just off that moment alone you'll you'll elevate <laughs> over 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 all of fate no there because there's still you know it's everything else you said it is still functional like i'd still probably take another engage story over another fate's complete mess but i i do completely understand what you're saying husser where it's like in some cases i'd i'd rather take so bad it's good over like i'm falling asleep well you know i have my switch in my hands or <laughs> my controller or the whatever switch is falling asleep yeah or the, the mean, switch is falling asleep. yeah that happens yeah, ultimately you know you can and should skip both of these stories so if they're going to exist, I would rather have one that has more funny moments to talk about and that kind of stuff. And like, holy shit, what the fuck were they thinking? Engage has some what the fuck were they thinking, but it's moved on from very quickly instead of it's just kind of funny. The whole plot. Yeah. That, yeah, that's what yeah. makes it funny. <laughs> like, like as we mentioned, the villain dude's just lonely. <laughs> <laughs> he just wants a friend. He just, he just wants to go, he's he willing to kill everyone in all worlds just to find his one friend. <laughs> I thought they were going to make him like Wind Waker Ganon for a second because they're like, oh, his old country was sealed beneath the waves and he wants to bring it back. And I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. That was like the best Ganon. Mm -hmm. But yeah. then they're just like, no, actually, he wants to conquer other worlds. We just, we not not even conquer other part. worlds. He just wants to And then he's like, dude. no, he wants a friend. Yeah, he just wants, to, wants a friend. They give you nothing for his motivation for 20 chapters, and then they give you three different ones in rapid succession. That's so true. <laughs> That's yeah. what makes that it is right. exactly <laughs> what so they funny. do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, all right, well, I think, I think we've... That's it. Yeah, yeah, we've, we've, covered, yeah we've sort of covered everything with the gauge. Any any final thought? Any last second hot, hot off the press thought here? 
closing thoughts? Uh, I'm still excited for whenever we do a draft because I still think this is by far the most draftable game that they've released in in a long time. Do you draft not counting echoes. No, we don't draft emblems. Nah, that that I mean, you probably could, but I I wouldn't want to. Yeah. I don't know about you yeah. guys. Yeah. Yeah. So too many of them are like fundamental. Yeah. yeah. And and it's yeah. So, yeah. So it would just be a, it's basically like an FE7 draft. <laughs> like, hey, here's here's some good units. There's some good pre promotes later. Have have at it. Mm-hmm. But yeah. How about you guys? Anything else you want to say? Yeah, I'm happy to draft. Yeah. yeah. Huh? I want to add before we go, completely unrelated. Uh, everyone, go out and play and buy Pikmin Four. It that game slaps so incredibly hard, way more than it has any right to. It's my game of the year in a year that a Zelda game came out. So and also go engage. play Pikmin. <laughs> and engage, yeah, and engage. <laughs> and it's it's like unquestionably the, the best game for me, at least. I know a lot of people love these new style Zelda games, but for me, it's it's the best game I've played this year. And there's a demo if you want to go play it. So and also, do it, you coward. And also, Nintendo was also sitting on that game for like a weirdly long time, like Engage. I don't know if they were sitting on that one. It was just, it was announced for whatever reason that it was in development. We have no idea how long. But then, in like 2015 or something like that. But then then they also said at some point, like, oh yeah, it's 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 just about ready to go. And then they just... Well, that's it. what I'm talking about. Miyamoto in like 2015 in a random E3 interview was like, yeah, we just, uh, Pikmin 3 came out recently and Pikmin 4 is nearing completion. We're like, oh, that's exciting. Cut to nearly a decade later. <laughs> <laughs> the game finally comes out, you know, but I'm... they did. It's it's impressive how much stuff there is in that game. It's so content rich in a way that it doesn't feel like padding. It's all all worth doing and seeing. Well, I'm I'm sure the Nintendo ex- Nintendo business office with their release dates. So they 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 know something we don't. So yeah, but they hope- think they're they a do. movie studio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully, hopefully, it won't be too long until the FE4 remake, and then we can. See how Surely. that goes. See, see, mm-hmm. see if they yep. either amp, either make it greater or worse. So we will, we will see in like a year. Indeed. All right. But we will see you much sooner with our first part of Conquest coming soon. Yes. Yep. And which spoilers? I read the story this time. Wow! Congrats. Yeah, get ready for Lord that's not Devil. that's that's not worth congratulating me over. <laughs> I, I, I I preferred what I did last time. <laughs> well, you can listen listen to Devin's recap next time. So see you all next time. See you, see you guys. <laughs>